How's it going, mate? Yeah, nearly there, buddy. Oh, you're doing a cracking job at decorating. Oh, not to me. Fucking ladders, you know what I'm like about. I'm well, I'm well, I. You got to see what I've got here, though, man. What is it? Lucky horseshoe. Oh, sweet, mate. You putting it up? Yeah, I'm going to put it up over here if that's all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Other way down, dark kid. Other way down. All right, okay. Which way? Which way down? It goes up, mate. If it goes down, all bad luck runs down, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Keep the good luck up. Horseshoe up, my friend. All right, okay. I'll get hammering along here now, right? Yeah. Here we go. Jesus, black cat! Where the fuck does that come from? Oh, jeez, I'm gonna have to get it! Whoa, 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 what's the fucking ladder? Oh, hang on, I'm gonna see if we can get it when we meet me. What the hell shit? What the throw that in? Jesus! Oh, the mirror! <laughs> Do you know what that was? Oh, bad luck, wasn't it? Fucking what with that horse? You oh, started man. that, man. You went local. I know what it was. It's the 13th. Ah. Oh, no. Yeah, Jesus. Well, that explains it, dude. That explains it. Oh, right. Well, a black cat wouldn't have appeared if it wasn't a lucky day. We've got the horseshoe. Do you yeah. know what? I'm going to just prop it up here on the side. Right way up. This yeah, is the right way up. up. And oh, I don't know what we're going to do about that mirror, mate. That's a right That's mess. gone. That's getting swept up and thrown in the bin. Oh, Buzz sick. cat with that bloody robot bringing that over on right. Pete. I bet it was. Silly I old sausage. Because it, it were all them bloody pilchards, wasn't it? Uh, having, oh, it could have God. easily tempted him on his boat. Well, I'm sure I'll catch it later. I'll sweep that mirror up and get a. Well, luckily, I've finished up there anyway. You know well, there's me? no ladders. No, I'm banning any ladders for the rest of the day. <laughs> no, right, no hammers, no souls. My ass hurts that much. I don't think I could climb a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sharp object. Nothing. <laughs> what we need to do, we're just going to have to have a sit here on couch. Yeah. Right, get yourself oh, careful, careful. There's Jesus. no broken glass. No, it's all right. Mirror, yeah, we're all right. Oh. Bloody hell fire. Oh. Well, <laughs> do you know what? After all that excitement, I think we'd better introduce ourselves. <laughs> we best do our kid, we best do. Well, I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. And this is Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. And do you know, I can't believe what was going on all over there. I mean, so bad luck. <laughs> seven years, I've got seven years bad luck. Well, you are, mate, tossing <laughs> bloody horseshoe round. I think I've had mine falling on my ass. Well, I think what we need to do, Nick, we need to study a little bit about luck, don't we? Have you been casting? Have you got casting? Have you got some yeah, stuff on unlucky? Some stuff. Well, it's because it went 13 to thought we'd better research it. Oh. And damn good I did, you see. Good because life. now we've got a little bit of a. Uh, we, we, we need to know what we're fighting. We're fighting mm. bad luck, aren't we? So we know what we're up against. So let's have a little dive into some lucky things Lovely. and unlucky things. <laughs> right, well, if I'm going to be a bit unlucky for a while, I need to know what I'm up against, you know mm, what I mean? I need to protect know yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's it. So so I need to know who's the luckiest man. Oh, that's right, what I need yeah, to find yeah. out first. And looking looking into it, we realise it's a guy called Frayn Selak. Have you ever heard of him? I don't know. Frayn Selak, right. Well, Frayn Selak was born in uh, June the 14th, 1929 in Croatia, right? And this is just from Wikipedia. This yeah, is just yeah. a cheeky little Wikipedia story. And this is a man who allegedly escaped death seven times. <laughs> seven you lucky <laughs> bastard. <laughs> That's it. But I mean, he's like... So he escaped death seven times. And afterwards, he won the lottery in 2002. Right? Wow. Prompting journalists to dub him the world's second luckiest man. 
after Brendan Rubber Hobbs. Rubber Hobbs? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make much of a cooker, does it? <laughs> So, Selak's Brushes with Death started in January 1962 when he was riding a train through a cold, rainy canyon. And the train flipped off the tracks and crashed into the river. Jesus. Someone pulled Selak to safety while 17 other passengers drowned. God. Selak suffered a broken arm and hypothermia. The next year, during his first and only plane ride... He was blown out of a malfunctioning plane door, <laughs> but landed in a haystack. Oh, no way. <laughs> and the plane crashed, killing 19 people. Oh, my God. So he just got sucked out. Everybody else is still on board, yeah. doomed. He's on a haystack. He's on a haystack. So three years after that, in 1966, a bus that he was riding in skidded off the road and into a river, drowning four passengers. And Selak swam to shore with a few cuts and bruises. Oh, that, that is it? just mental. In 1970, his car caught fire as he was driving, and he managed to escape before the fuel tank blew up. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Three years after that, in another driving accident, the engine of his car was doused with hot oil from a malfunctioning fuel pump, causing flames to shoot through the air vents. <laughs> <laughs> is he doing all this? Is he some kind of saboteur or something? <laughs> I'll just stay at home. What's he doing? Selak's hair was completely singed off in this instance. <laughs> what imagery that is. It's like, you did not see it. Drive on. Doopy, doopy, doopy. Ay, my hair. It's like playing strings on automobiles. It's like John Candy turns into devil and that. <laughs> oh, I loved it. <laughs> In 1995, he was struck by a bus in Zagreb that sustained only minor injuries. He must be pretty old by now. Well, I think he must be ticking on a bit. I think he's in his 70s now. <laughs> he's, he's rock hard. In 1996, he eluded a head-on collision with a United Nations truck on a mountain curve oh. by swerving into a guardrail, which gave way under the force of his car. He was ejected from the car when the door flew open and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt managed to hold on to a tree and watched his car plummet 90 metres into a gorge. Oh, 90 metres? <laughs> Seemed like a little thing. Certain death yeah. again, isn't it? Man, someone's looking over his shoulder. Then in 2003, two days after his 73rd birthday, Selak won €900,000, which is the equivalent of $1,110,000 US dollars, or £702,920. In the local lottery. My God. But get this, at the time of his win, he was also married for the fifth time. So he's had four divorces through all this. <laughs> what a life. So while it, with the money, he purchased two houses and a boat. So it's a bit, oh, of, a, yeah, nice. it's a bit like Bullseye. He <laughs> 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 got himself the speedboat. <laughs> but then, in 2010, he decided to give away most of his remaining money to relatives and friends, and decided to live a frugal lifestyle. What's frugal? That means like you do just a simple life. All right, yeah, yeah, just play. a simple life. That's what happened. Still alive now, apparently. Oh, that is. Yeah, so he's born nineteen twenties. Had all yeah, that. Nineteen twenty nine. He was born. So in. simple life. That means not travelling, doesn't so, it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> mean simple you know, life. <laughs> just have eat with a spoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Soup and sitting still. What's this and I thought that were amazing. Wow. The only thing that I found a bit weird in that one, right, was the reference to the world's second luckiest man that he was going to be yeah. against Brendan Rubber Hobbs. And I've looked into this deeply now. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Rubber Hobbs doesn't exist. Uh, what do you mean? There's nowhere on the internet. I cannot find any reference. All right, so just one reference, just saying, oh yeah, well, Brendan Rubber Hobbs. But whenever you look Google. For Fran Selak, the look, the second luckiest man. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Rubber Hobbs always crops up as he's the most lucky one. Eh? But Brendan Rubber Hobbs doesn't seem to exist. I think some weird anagram on the bloke's name. Is it? That's know. a funny name. Is Rubber Hobbs? Well, his name's Brendan Hobbs, but Rubber's his nickname. Oh, you know what I mean, right. Brendan Rubber Hobbs. 
So Brendan Hobbs. So there's no reference to Brendan Hobbs. So anyway. I think there's, there's like one. I think it's something like a sort of a second division football from 1967 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But there's no lucky references. Nobody knows. Christ, that's so weird, maybe isn't it? he's so lucky or unlucky, whichever. And um, because they do say actually, Frank Selak is referred to as the luckiest man or the unluckiest man in the world. Yeah, but they yeah, don't know which true. one because had a lot happened to him. But yeah, you know, he survived it all. He survived it all. Yeah, yeah. His family so if if these uh, Brendan Rubber Hobbs out there anywhere, do give us a bell, won't you? Well, buy us a lottery <laughs> ticket, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Frayne Selak, both thought of as the luckiest and potentially the unluckiest man in the world. Mm, I wouldn't like his life, would you? No, I wouldn't. No, no. But I have a, I have a contender for the unluckiest man in the world. <laughs> right now, this is this is something I've, I'm very passionate to my heart. Is this? This is a character kind of out of my past. Mm. Have you ever heard of Roy Sullivan? No. Roy Sullivan, right? Roy Cleveland Sullivan, born. February the 7th, 1912 to September 28th, 1983. And it was a United States park ranger right. from Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. And between 1942 and 1977, Sullivan was hit by lightning on seven occasions oh, <laughs> and survived them all. Oh, my God. Did he have that white flash in his hair? There's a film that's got someone like that in it. He's got like, oh, he's like twitchy all the time with whites flashing his hair. Well, he's, so for this reason, he gained the nickname the Human, human Lightning Rod, right? And Sullivan is recognised by Guinness World Records as a person struck by lightning more recorded times than any other human being. Oh, wow. So he started working as a ranger in the Shenandoah National Park in 1936. And Sullivan was described as a brawny man with a broad, rugged face who resembled the actor Gene Hackman. Cool. Yeah, man. so a bit like French Connection, yeah, a bit of Popeye yeah. Doyle look around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was avoided by people later in life because of their fear of being hit by lightning. <laughs> and this saddened him. Oh, bless you, man. Yeah. He once recalled, For instance, I was walking with a chief ranger one day when lightning struck way off in the distance. And the chief looked at me and says, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and left me. <laughs> I think I'll stand next to him well. <laughs> well, if he, if he draws it in. Yeah, he's getting it. <laughs> yeah. So let's have a look at the seven seven strikes yeah, of Royal Soul. So Sullivan's first documented lightning strike was in April 1942. He was hiding from a thunderstorm in a fire lookout tower. The tower was newly built and had no lightning rod at the time. It was hit seven or eight times. <laughs> Inside the tower, fire was jumping all over the place. Jesus. Sullivan ran out and just a few feet away, received what he considered to be his worst lightning strike. Oh, first one's always the hardest. <laughs> it burned a half-inch strip all along his right leg, hit his toe, and blew a hole in his shoe. Oh, shit, I've heard of this before. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine, man? I suppose he's in the middle of nowhere. He's just got to crawl back, hasn't he, all bust up? All bust up, yeah. Oh. He was hit again in July 1969. Unusually, he was hit while in his truck, driving on a mountain road. Now, the metal body of a vehicle normally protects people in cases such as this by acting as what's known as a Faraday cage, yeah. which is like a protective sort of like... I mean, you can you can drive through like a, like a lightning storms and all sorts, but yeah. the metal... The, the act, you've got a metal sort of cage around you. Oh, and rubber tires, wheel, that's yeah, it. You've got yeah. it, you've got it. So you're sort of insulated in some yeah. way or other, you know. So... Um, the lightning first hit nearby trees and was deflected into the open window of the truck. <laughs> oh, my God, he's a magnet. The strike, the strike knocked Sullivan unconscious <laughs> and burned off his eyebrows and eyelashes <laughs> and set fire to his hair. 
<laughs> and she waking up. Oh, that were a bad dream. <laughs> it was like fruit sack as well. You go for the... <laughs> these two barbecue-faced bastards. <laughs> oh, you don't look like Gene now, do you? But the uncontrolled truck, because he was unconscious, of course, yeah. but the truck was out of control, right? And it kept moving. <laughs> and then it just rolled to a halt. On the edge of a cliff. Oh. It didn't go off. Oh, Jesus. Wait, one little pebble just yeah. gave us not the tyre. In July 1970, Sullivan was struck while in his front yard. The lightning hit a nearby power transformer and from there jumped to his left shoulder, searing him. Ooh, Ooh. like a tenderloin steak. So in spring 1972, Sullivan was working inside a ranger station in Shenandoah National Park when he was struck again. It set his hair on fire. <laughs> I'm surprised he's got any legs. Bless him. He tried to he tried to smother the flames with his jacket. He then rushed to the restroom, but he could not fit under the water tap. Oh god. So he used a wet towel instead. Although he never was a fearful man, after the fourth strike, he began to believe that some force was trying to destroy him. And he acquired a fear of death. Oh, God. For months, whenever he was caught in a storm while driving his truck, he would pull over and lie down on the front seat until a storm passed. He also began to believe that he would somehow attract lightning, even if he stood in a crowd of people. And he carried a can of water with him in case his hair oh, set on fire. Oh, bless him, man. He's haunted, isn't he? He's proper haunted by it. Imagine living like that. <laughs> oh, he'd go underground. But then, on August the 7th, 1973, while he was out on patrol in the park, Sullivan saw a storm cloud forming and drove away quickly. But the cloud, he said later, seemed to follow him. When he finally thought he had outrun it, he decided it was safe to leave his truck. Soon after, he was struck by a lightning bolt. Gotcha. <laughs> Sullivan stated they actually saw the bolt that hit him. Oh, man. The lightning moved down his left arm and left leg and knocked off his shoe. Oh, shit. It then crossed over to his right leg just below the knee. Still conscious, Sullivan crawled to his truck and poured his handy can of water, oh. which was always there, over his head. Oh. Which was on fire. Oh no, he's not used to it. He's got his little pail of water. <laughs> the, next, the next strike on June 5th, 1976, injured his ankle. It was reported that he saw a cloud, thought that he was following him, tried to run away, but was struck anyway. Oh god. His hair also caught oh, fire. Oh no, I can't believe he's got any hair left. How will you keep hair? It should be like some like scar matter. Oh uh, no. <laughs> did he have his water with you? Yeah, I think you were on with that, yeah. So on Saturday morning, June the twenty-fifth, nineteen seventy-seven, Sullivan was struck while fishing in a freshwater pool. The lightning hit the top of his head, setting his hair on fire. <laughs> this is aliens taking piss, man. This is proper alien. You know, I don't, you know what I mean? This is like high evidence for me. He travelled down and burnt his chest and stomach. Sullivan turned to his car when something unexpected occurred. A bear approached the pond and tried to steal trout from his fishing line. Sullivan had the strength and courage to strike the bear with a tree branch. <laughs> oh no, this is Imagine a man so... with burning hair. What about this bloke round? This is like better than he moved. He claimed this was the 22nd time he'd hit a bear with a stick in his lifetime. Jesus, what an odd game. All seven strikes were documented by the superintendent of Shenandoah National Park. Magic bear, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. This bloke with burning air coming at you with a big brand. This is it. But Sullivan himself recalled that the first time he was struck by lightning was not in 1942, but much earlier. When he was a child, he was helping his father to cut wheat in a field when a thunderbolt struck the blade of his scythe without injuring him. But because he could not prove the fact, he never claimed it. Uh, so he's there, so he thinks, well, you know, fair play, no real witnesses to that yeah, one, you know yeah. what I mean? So I'm not going to claim it, although he was struck by lightning. Whoa. Sullivan's wife was also struck once 
when a storm suddenly arrived as she was hanging out clothes in her backyard. Her husband was helping her at the time, <laughs> but escaped unharmed. Oh, man, is that near me? It's aiming for him and they didn't get him. Yeah. Well, the sad thing is about Sullivan, though, I think he, he, he kind of... I, I don't know whether he, he divorced, oh. um, but then there was some... He had, he had something where he was unlucky in love. Oh, and the God. way he died was he, he, he shot himself. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he, with, he was pining with a broken heart and he shot himself. And no one wanted to be near him. And that. I just read, though, you know when you, you see a thunderbolt come down and you see that plasma shoot out the earth? A sprite. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe so. He must have some sprite energy coming out of him. That's Maybe like, so. You yeah. know what I mean? The they do see that, don't they? It comes up rather than, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's something like that, yeah. But yeah, he's um, what a poor guy, self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head was the only oh thing that could get him. God. But I wonder though, if you think about that first strike, what is the thing? He was hit on his scythe, but what is death's chosen oh. weapon? Oh my God, yeah, the scythe. Maybe give him the, like the power of death. <laughs> Obviously, just like a like a Final Destination Seven sort of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> Either way, though, I mean, bloody hell, what a guy Roy Sullivan was. Oh, tough as a fucking dog's head again there. I know, twatting loads of bears as well. <laughs> you know? How many times? 20. That's the 22nd time, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God rest his soul. <laughs> Sullivan, he, he could have done with studying, um, like look and finding what what his lucky items and things that he could have done to sort of like be more lucky. And if he was looking that way, he could have I did I said to him, take a little look over towards Italy. Right. That's what I reckon. That's where you look over there because I can remember ye reading years ago about the uh, Neapolitan lottery. As in Naples, you know the oh, town, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's it's down there. Is it big uh, over there? Then? Real big, yeah. but it's 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 got a little bit of a twist. It's not just like we'd do the lottery. We've got yeah. a completely different way of doing it. So magic and superstition have been a constant theme in Neapolitan culture. One of the prime expressions of this tradition is the smorphia. The smorphia is a system used to convert dreams and everyday life events into numbers. Ah. Yeah. The numbers are then used to play at the lottery. The dreams and events, whether unfortunate or fortunate, are interpreted as well-identified signs, which have been classified in the traditional book of the Smorphia and given a number between 1 and 90. There have been several editions of the book, which often contain illustrations because centuries ago, many people were illiterate. So did you catch that? Centuries ago. Yeah. That's how long has this been going on. Uh. Hundreds of years of this. The content of the book was passed on as a part of the oral tradition, and most Neapolitans know it by heart. According to the Smorphia, each element of a dream or event can be translated into a number. However, the more unusual the event, the more this is seen as... Pressage, as in sort of like prescient seeing into the future yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Strong, you know, yeah, kind of For example, if someone fell through a window or was hurt by a knife, the numbers 56 for fall or 41 for knife will be noted, as will probably the word blood, which is 18. The age of the person and the day in which it happened also added to form a terno. The circumstances or any little sign or detail associated with that specific event is also taken into account. For example, a barking dog or a crying baby. As a result, in Naples, lotto numbers are not chosen at random. They never just pick some random numbers, is right? Is this just in dreams still? Is this just every day happening? You're walking down the street, you think, right, we're doing a lottery numbers, bark, bark, man falls through a window on a knife, you think, hello, or is it only in dreams? Well, it's, it's both. <laughs> Unusual right, events yeah, and unusual yeah. significant dreams. Cool, got you. What makes things a little more complicated is that there is no one-one overlap. I don't know what that means really between the symbols and the numbers. So dreaming of a snake, for example, can lead to at least five different numbers depending on where the snake is found or how it behaves, whether one is bitten by it or not, etc. Right. Mm. 
The same goes for recurrent symbols that often occur in dreams, such as the fact of falling, teeth, mice or blood. Everything depends on the context, what the symbols are supposed to represent. The interpretation is often metaphorical or metonymical. Don't know what that is. Mm. Metonymical, yeah. Such as the legs of a woman. Ah, that's what it is. So, so like the legs of a woman presenting the devil or a hand that may refer to any part of the body. Numerous books exist to assist people in these interpretations, right? And although present throughout Italy in different versions, the smorphia is really typically Neapolitan. Even though the name literally means making facing, it actually derives from Morpheus, the god of dreams in Greek mythology. So I've got, I've got you a few examples there of numbers which I, I thought were quite interesting. So blood, a passion, in the sense of a bodily fluid in the arteries, but the numbers may vary according to the context. So clotted blood will be 71. Can you do it a bit more bingo, Carla, please? <laughs> yeah. Clotted blood, 71. <laughs> Animal blood, 32. <laughs> Head, 34. <laughs> Your friend of mine, the knife, 41. <laughs> but if it's used for fighting, not a table knife, which is 67, or a kitchen knife, which is 82, or a knife that doesn't cut, which is your friend of mine, 81. <laughs> a bit more gala, I like it. <laughs> so we've got coffee is 42. Mama is 52. Fall. Akaduta is 56. Bad weather's 83. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Crying. So these things like fear, crying, church, yeah. all those different things, they almost mean numbers and things. It's, it's just mental. Does it actually work, though? They're just obsessing over it and just tinkering away into this weird habit, or is people actually winning the lotto with it? Well, I... I've got a theory about this, you see. It's like people believe in luck and fate and one thing or another, yeah, yeah. you know. And I think the more likely for you to be in a perilous situation, perhaps, makes you believe in luck a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Now, what do we know about Naples? Do you know much about uh, Naples or where it's situated or anything like that? No. Well, I, I've i been on uh, on ho one of my holidays. We went to um, uh, Sorrento in Italy. Right. And now we've got the Bay of Naples, a lovely big round bay, right? And we're yeah. in Sorrento. And we could look across the bay to Naples. Yeah. And Naples is built on a slope. And the slope yeah. is the Mount Vesuvius. Oh, right. So, yeah, like a bloody volcano. So you're just living under a shadow of something that could just pop at any moment. Pop at any time. And, of course, wow. Mount Vesuvius was the one that did Pompeii. Oh, my God, yeah. So you could be looking for signs like, you know, shaking teacups and fucking, <laughs> yeah. fucking lava. Molten lava, 76. That <laughs> <laughs> was my neighbourhood, 89. <laughs> Pyroclastic flow, 7. <laughs> Well, there's someone, didn't they catch someone in Pompeii jerking off or something? Is that just a rumour? I don't know. I've heard that one. Someone's like, the ashes coming down, covering them all. Someone just rattling one Bash off. Bashing one off. Yeah, we're trying to get to oh, roundabout. Can you imagine? And then the coach is sort of like, um, name him. And, yeah. and trace his relatives back and inform them. Yeah. You're pissed off, you'd be. Pictures of you for eternity. <laughs> you know, your Uncle Marco was at Pompeii. Oh, yeah. It's really Look, he's sad. there, cocky hand. <laughs> <laughs> Whacking off over some parchments. Yeah, some <laughs> Rudy tablet. <laughs> A bit like now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all sorts of uh, lucky numbers, really, aren't they? In mm. one way or another. But um, what we need is, a, is we could have done with this early, to be honest. Is a list of bad luck signs. Oh, that's good. Yeah, 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 that, for, yeah. I think that's what we could do with this. Watch so, out. What to watch out for? Uh -huh. This is it. You know, bad luck is an unpredictable outcome that is unfortunate. And this is a list of signs believed to bring bad luck, according to superstitions. Crossing the path of a dead animal, such as a fox, chicken, rabbit. 
cow or crow <laughs> crossing its path. So it's in your path. You think, right, I'm just going to step over this cow. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead moo moo. But then again, I suppose if that's only like a steak on your table, though, isn't it? Mm, true, yeah. You know what I mean? So is it bad luck to remember? It's bad luck for a cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's ruled in. Yeah. So in Chinese culture, the number four, right. known as tetraphobia, that Ooh. is. That is. So the numbers four and nine in Japanese culture, they're unlucky. Also in Japanese culture, you've got a number 43, um, and it can literally interpret as stillbirth. So there is no maternity wards numbered 43, apparently. They just haven't done that. They'll skip it off. So obviously, number 13, that's what's caught us today, hasn't it? And it's known as triskaidekaphobia. Is that one? Wow! Does it go back to the old um, Last Supper and Judah and uh, Judas? Do you know something? I haven't actually looked up why thirteen's mm. unlucky. That's the one yeah. thing I haven't looked up. I think it, when I've heard it before, I think that's the rumor of the old yeah. wives' tale of it. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe we can come back to that one yeah, later on. We'll yeah. do a little, I'll do a little bit of casting in that Aye. direction. I can't believe I never even looked that one up. <laughs> well, you can't be that on it all, <laughs> can you? You're doing enough, lad. So apparently the number 17 in Italian culture, but I don't know what that must mean in uh, the old uh, bingo calling thing, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Could be anything, but I wish I, could, wish I knew then, I wish I could look that up. But, um... Probably dog shit or something. <laughs> <laughs> White dog shit, number 17. <laughs> so apparently um, the, the number 39, known as the curse of 39 Ooh. in Afghan culture. Not 39 yeah. steps, is it? Really? But... Friday the 13th in Spain, Greece, and Georgia, right? Oh, no, Friday the 13th, which is obviously one, but in Spain, Greece, and Georgia, it's Tuesday the 13th. It's ah. the unlucky one. Bit odd, yeah, bit odd. Um, so other one, other things that are sort of considered unlucky, right? Failing to respond to a chain letter. Right. But you get that on, like, Facebook now, don't yeah. you? You all pass this on for luck and blah, 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 and all that Fucking bullshit, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, you know, I never do that. <laughs> Tipping a salt shaker over. Yeah, so, salt over your you shoulder, shut, get the devil away. Yeah, black it? devil with a bit of salt. Yeah. Right? Now, this is one I'm a bit worried about. Um, viewing one's doppelganger may be oh. considered a harbinger oh. of bad luck. Didn't you have that time? Yeah, we have. I've met my doppelganger. <laughs> 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 That's a story for another day. It is. It's a fucking weird story. <laughs> um, oh, no, look at this one. Hanging a horseshoe with the ends pointing down, mm-hmm. as it is believed the look will fall out. That's it. You've got to grab it up, oh. hold it in. I've heard that. Oh, bloody hell, look at this. Breaking a mirror. Oh, <laughs> sorry, seven I years back. Well, you mean it, did it? <laughs> That's what I mean. Bloody horseshoe. <laughs> I'm sorry for you, well, I, wonder, what I, mean. I wonder if it'll cancel each other out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Shoes on a table. Alright. That's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? Mm. Now, I know that flocks of birds are a bit of a weird one, but a bird or flock of birds going from left to right. So that's, that's a bit strange, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, never one, heard you know? that one. Right. On the Isle of Man, the mention of the word long tail. Rat, is that me? Yes, it is, ah. yeah. yeah. Or you, you've got quite a vibe on you. I'll have that one. <laughs> So a, a priest passing through your town or something. Okay, what have you got any kids? <laughs> what have you got a long tail? <laughs> <laughs> Confess your sins. <laughs> Opening umbrella, an umbrella indoors. Yeah. We've had that one, haven't we? Um, three on a match. That's a bit of a weird one. That's like oh. if you light a match and light, light three Oh, bags. I've heard that one, though. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know why? What? No, go on. <gasps> yes. Yeah, mate. Go on, you it's tell in, it then. It's trenches in World War um, One. So you light your match, then sniper sees you. You give it to the second fella, you know, sniper's zoning in. Third man, boom, you know, he's got you in his sights. Oh, you know, wow. So that's a relatively new yeah, superstition yeah. then, I suppose. Because a lot of these things are hundreds of years old. But that one, I suppose, it's getting on that way as well now, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Giving a clock as a gift in Chinese culture. God, that's random, isn't yeah. it? Well, it's to give a clock has the same pronunciation as attending their funeral. Ah, so right. it's the same sort of like word in yeah, the yeah. phraseology used. Like you giving know? you a clock is like giving you a yeah? cock. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's a, um, saying the word Macbeth, obviously that's an old one, isn't oh, it? You know? yeah. or, or, or even wishing somebody good luck inside a theatre. That's right. why they say break a leg. Yeah, break a leg is the yeah. opposite way around. That's a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? You know, um, so ravens, crows, and magpies are meant to be uh, bad luck. Oh, because it's the old morning mage of the magpies. Yeah, ravens, bad luck. Yeah, I like, a raven. So, I like a raven as well. And crows, I like crows. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
So a Greek author meeting a Greek Orthodox priest in the street is meant to be bad. It's a, it's considered a bad omen to see a priest walking in the street, and superstitious people whisper, "Scorda." What's that mean? It means garlic. Like he's a vampire or something. Maybe so. Well, he's gonna be sucking someone, won't he? You've got him for priests, haven't you? <laughs> but um, so the Navajo Indians believe it's unlucky to point at a rainbow, throw rocks into the wind, a coyote crossing one's path, or an owl flying over a house. Oh, fair play, or over a teepee or something. Is it over a teepee? I love stuff like that. It's so yeah. unconnected to us, it's just so yeah. you, isn't it? And of course, the last one they've put on down here. Um, but he's saying here that about one well, there's two left here, right? Uh, one of them is walking under a ladder, obviously, mm -hmm. right? And apparently it's bad luck to point at feces. Oh, right. <laughs> In England. They reckon that's an English superstition. That's a point at a shit. Well, yeah, why would you point? You know what I mean? That's a dirty I've never thing heard to do, yeah. Look, well, I don't know. If you see a white dog poo, you do yeah, point like, it. Look. <laughs> yeah, look at that, <laughs> Look <kid>. at that. <laughs> <laughs> or you see a particularly massive shit or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's some unlucky things, isn't there, you know? But, um... I'm not sure about the whole point of that shit thing. No, I'm not I sure don't. About that, no, you know? it's just ditty. It's just I've ditty. heard it, you know, people at school just like prod it with a fucking stick and chase you around with I know it. That. <laughs> that old bad luck, you know what I mean? <laughs> My God, I could run when that happened. I used to I used to go to college with a lad known as Johnny Dogmuck, right? <laughs> that was because I'd seen somebody had chased him round and round a field with a stick with some shit on it and got it in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> you do know, I could be like Usain Bolt when it comes to stuff like that. I don't run for a bus, but I run for a shitty stick. <laughs> and forevermore, he was known as Johnny Dogmuck. <laughs> what we're talking about there, that some birds are unlucky mm, so you've got things yeah. like crows and things like this and you know and I thought that's not right on is it you know what I mean we magpies I fucking hate magpies <laughs> yeah they are they're little bastards <laughs> aren't they yeah, yeah they'll, have, oh, they'll have your teeth out your head giving half a chance <laughs> they would you know so yeah so I, I thought what, well, there's some birds are unlucky aren't they you know and yeah. I thought well what's a lucky bird All that's right, what I need yeah. to look up so I, I met a few lucky birds <laughs> <laughs> I bet there were <laughs> You <laughs> shit. It's 2020, man. You can't go. Oh, right. <laughs> well, we don't stand on graces here, do we? <laughs> but I looked up and I realised that, did you know that the bird, the swallow, is lucky? <laughs> oh, he was bloody girl. I was saying, no. <laughs> I saw that twinkle in your bloody eye. Go on, let's get on with it. A swallow. They're a good, they're a beautiful bird, though, in an evening, swooping oh, around for insects. Exactly. It's one of my so. fair treats of them. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. And it's, I like to see when they arrive in the spring. And yeah. I always I always feel like, you know, that delicious sort of mournfulness you get when they're getting ready to leave in autumn. I'm a bit shit with stuff like that. I always think they're here all year round, you know what I mean? I can't <laughs> believe that they fly all the way to Africa and all. That's why I was just like, you up, you know what I mean? With little wings and that. You know? <laughs> well, that's what's so amazing about them, you know, and I think, I think they're very interesting. But yeah. the, they're considered lucky in Korea. All right. Yeah. Well, they fly all the way to Korea. Well, they, they do fly all the way to Korea, but what you have to remember is these areas which would be like breeding grounds for them for certain times of the wow. year. And then what they'll do is they'll there'll be sort of certain um, populations will go and sort of like breed over in Korea, and then go back to the breeding grounds probably in Africa. Uh, I don't know the migratory routes of them from the Jeez, from the other hem the other it. hemisphere. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's like that. it may be the case that you know you get maybe even a Korean. Someone comes, goes to Africa, and then decides, you know what, I might just try England now. Again, something we need to look up. Yeah, Don't know yeah. about that, but they do have these, uh, you know, big, long sort of like migratory routes. Yeah. And I think most of them do sort of like it, do the baby making in Africa, yeah, as far yeah. as I know. You know, so their their luckiness comes from being involved in a story about Humbu and Nolbu, and the identity identity of this story, the writers of this story, right, is unknown. Um, but the story of Hyungbu and Nolbu reportedly took place about 200 years ago and it's been passed down through generations. And it's like a Korean kid's bedtime story. You can grow up to do, when you get a little Chinese crockery and uh, you got like that. 
Or the willow pattern. Yeah, I don't know. He's like a bridge, and you've yeah, got a few yeah. swallows flying about on that. Yeah, if you remember right. It's, it's, no, I don't. I don't think it's to do with this story. But yeah. again, that'll be worth looking into. Worth looking into again. But this story is about Yungbu and Nolbu, who were brothers. Nolbu, the older brother, was very greedy. <laughs> <laughs> but his younger brother, Yungbu, was kind and empathetic. Sounds like a good story. <laughs> <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> the day that their father died, they learned that he was ordered to split his fortune in half for each of them. However, Nolbu tricked Yungbu's family and threw them out in order to keep the entire fortune for himself. Mm. And Hyungbu did not complain and accepted his fate of poverty. Oh, shit, I don't like it anymore. So one day, Hyungbu saw that a snake was crawling up a tree near his house to eat a swallow. Oh. Seeing the snake, the swallow fell to the ground and broke its little leg, right? Oh. So Hyungbu chased the snake away and treated the swallow's broken leg. The following spring... The swallow's family came back and gave Hyungbu a seed as a thank you present. Hyungbu planted the seed in his backyard and waited for the plant to mature. The plant yielded gourds, and when they were ready to eat, Hyungbu and his family split a gourd in half. To their surprise, they found gemstones inside. Oh, yeah, with the money from the sale of the gemstones, they bought a new house and became very wealthy. Now, the rumour that Yungbu was wealthy spread throughout the entire town and reached Nolbu. And without hesitation, Nolbu met Yungbu and asked him how he became so rich so quickly. And Nolbu heard the secret and he did the same. Except he broke a swallow's leg himself. Oh, as well, day. The swallow brought Nolbu a gourd seed the following spring, and Nolbu planted it. When he split his gourd open, various elements of destruction came out of the gourd. The first contained imps, which beat him and chided him for his greed. The second caused debt collectors to appear and demand payment. And the third unleashed a deluge of muddy water that flooded his house. <laughs> and Nolbu and his wife suddenly lost all of their wealth. And they finally realised their mistake and asked Hyungbu to forgive them. And they all lived happily together. Oh, I bet they realised their mistake when they were paupers, weren't they? Well, this is the thing, you know, you come crawling back after that. Mm. But the thing I like particularly about this story is there's an even older version, oh, right? right. And in the older version, it's a little bit like uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. You know, you get kind of get the juicier tales with the older yeah, ones, don't yeah. you? So, a bit rougher. So the tale centres around a perverse man called Nolbu. <laughs> and he had an organ filled with vice, right? Oh, cool. Simsulbo, which protruded from under his left rib cage. He's the most greedy, perverse, and heartless character in Korean literature. <laughs> That's pretty goddamn perverse. <laughs> Among his favourite activities are enlist oh, oh, farm. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Let me give you pen and pencil. <laughs> Dancing at a funeral. <laughs> Killing a dog during a birthing. Oh. Forcing excrement into the mouth of a crying baby. Oh, my word. <laughs> Fanning the flames of a burning house. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a debtor's wife as payment. Oh. oh yeah. Grabbing the neck of an elderly man. <laughs> relieving himself into a well. <laughs> I don't know what this is about. Poking holes in rice paddies. Oh, it'd be the little walls, won't it? You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Breaking yeah. so the little like paddy water, water oh. comes out. You've got to Driving stakes through green pumpkins. Fair play. <laughs> Stomping on the back of a hunchback. Oh, man. How come he hadn't got lynched? Pushing down a man squatting to relieve himself to cause him to sit in his own poo. <laughs> I bet his ears going out and pisses off. It's well funny. Kicking the chin of a disabled man. <laughs> that sounds like some Morrissey line, isn't it? <laughs> Wielding a stick at a dealer in pottery is threatening to smash all his stuff, right? <laughs> Stealing bones from graves. 
Oh, he's mm. busy, isn't he? <laughs> Breaking an engagement by spreading malicious rumours. <laughs> Scuttling a ship in high seas. Bloody hell. Oh, this is one I don't like. Punching a boil on a man's <laughs> face. This pussy's in. He Fucking hell, he's got imagination. Slapping the cheek of a man with toothache. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. And the weirdest one is opening the lid of a neighbour's bean sauce jar in the rain. <laughs> he's got such an imagination. Yeah. Go to the kick in the chin of a <laughs> Oh, I love him. I oh, love him. They're just the best, aren't oh, they? But you're wow. right. I mean, can you imagine going out and piss with old Nolbo? Oh, mate, that'd be just a And his <laughs> organ filled with vice. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be a right Saturday afternoon, <laughs> wouldn't it? Get away from a bunch of baggy and fucking nothing. Oh, can you imagine you're on Fight Rider, aren't we? Oh, can you imagine bothering cars? Get your load. <laughs> we'll be all getting a new feed. He'll be one of them that runs off from he it. Will. It? That's you know exactly I mean? it. He's the one who starts it and flees. He's blocked like, you know, you bloody push me by on me. Pushing poo in a baby's mouth. He's like, what are you doing? He's gone. <laughs> so, yeah, so, the, well, you know, the story, the, the moral of the story there is you don't go breaking bloody swallows' legs, do you? Yeah, I think that's the one, oh. isn't it? Yeah, take it easy there. Fucking <laughs> sort your organ out. With <laughs> <laughs> golden great storm, I never will play the wild over no more, and it's no, nay, never. No, they never no more Will I play the wild rover No, never no more We're still in sort of like in the eastern side of the world <laughs> fucking good because that last story was it <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is at least a bit more more up to date, modern sort of one. But even not, it's still it's an old past story, yeah. you know. But this is this is a story about Tsutomu Yamaguchi, oh, right? Cool. Japan then. So he was born in Japan, nineteen sixteen, right? Sixteenth of March, nineteen sixteen, and he joined Mitsubishi Heavy Industries in the nineteen thirties and worked as a draftsman designing oil tankers. Fair play, so not sort of, you know, ships, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much needed doing so. But then the Second World War came along. Mm. And Yamaguchi said he never thought Japan should start a war. And he continued his work with Mitsubishi. But soon Japanese industry began to suffer heavily as resources became scarce and tankers were sunk. In the summer of 1945, Yamaguchi was in Hiroshima for a three-month-long business trip. On August the 6th, he was preparing to leave the city with two colleagues, Akira Iwanaga and Kuniyoshi Sato, or Sato, and was on his way to the station when he realised he'd forgotten his, uh, his, like his travel stamp that you need, you uh, know what I mean? Yeah. So he'd forgotten it, and he returned to his workplace to get it. At 8.15 in the morning, he was walking towards the docks when the American bomber, Enola Gay, dropped the little boy atomic bomb near the centre of the city, only three kilometres away. Oh, my God. Yamaguchi recalls seeing the bomber and two small parachutes before there was a great flash in the sky and he was blown over. The explosion ruptured his eardrums, blinded him temporarily, and left him with serious burns over the left side and top half of his body. After recovering himself, he crawled to a shelter and, having rested, he set out to find his colleagues. And they had also survived, and together they spent the night in an air raid shelter before returning to his hometown the following day. And there he received treatment for his wounds, and despite being heavily bandaged, he reported for work. On just August the 9th, oh, three days oh, after being in that, right? Oh. Yeah. So, 11am on August the 9th, Yamaguchi was describing the horrible blast in Hiroshima to his supervisor at the Mitsubishi plant in his hometown of Nagasaki. Oh, what? 
when the American bomber Boxcar <laughs> dropped the Fat Man atomic bomb over the city. Never mind, little boy, it goes Fat Man. His workplace put him three kilometres again from the ground zero. But this time he was unhurt by the explosion. However, he was unable to replace his now ruined bandages, bandages and he suffered from a high fever and continuous vomiting for over a week. Oh. And he is the only man to have been in both atomic bombs ever. <sighs> Yamaguchi lost hearing in his left ear as a result of the Hiroshima explosion. He also went bald temporarily. This is a running theme, isn't it? Losing your hair in this, you know. But and his daughter recalls that he was constantly swathed in bandages until she reached the age of twelve. Despite this, Yamaguchi went on to lead a healthy life. Late in his life, he began to suffer from radiation-related ailments, including cataracts and acute leukemia. His wife also suffered radiation poisoning from black rain from the Nagasaki explosion and died in 2010 at the age of 93. Wow! All three of the children reported suffering from some health issues, though, yeah. so passed on from them, you know. But in 2009, Yamaguchi learned that he was dying of stomach cancer, and he died on the January the 4th, 2010, also at the age of 93. Right. The only man ever to be in both atomic bombs. Really, if we need anybody, you know... The world should listen to a bloke like that, shouldn't they? You know, what devastation. And all right, he'd you know, luckily survived yeah. them both, but what an unlucky few days for that yeah, chap. But is he lucky to survived? Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Many lucky yeah, to survived it. You know, that's yeah. again, isn't luck a weird thing? We just keep yeah. looking at it, you know, and thinking, you know, is it lucky? Are you unlucky? Uh, one don't come without the other in a way, does it? All the stories so far. Yeah, that's why. that's what I'm finding. Look. You can wish for luck, but you have to be careful what you wish for, mm, don't you? Because sometimes like the old you... fucking monkey paw, innit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, be careful what the you wish for. Paw, bloody hell! There's mm. a story we'll have to cover at some point or another. You know. So maybe um, Sutomu Yamaguchi, you see what he needs to do. Again, he needs to arm himself with knowledge, doesn't he? You see? Yeah. And it's the most unnatural thing in the world is nuclear power, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe what he needs, he needs a bit of help from the natural world. Hmm. I think that's might have been helped him along. So let's have a look at what the natural world, what is lucky and unlucky in the animal kingdom. Beautiful. So lucky here is meeting a black cat. Hairs from a donkey's back is meant to be lucky. Weird. I don't, I've never heard of that one. Meeting an elephant. Yeah, the lucky rabbit's foot. That's meant to be good. Yeah. Seeing the first lamb of spring facing you. No? And letting a goat run with your cows. That sounds like fun. That does sound like fun. That sounds lucky because it's just so funny. Yeah. Unlucky. Kittens born in May. Letting cats near a baby. Yeah, that's going to be unlucky. Bloody hell fire. Hearing a howling dog. Is it? Mm. Meeting a hair. I mean, that might be something to do with witchcraft, because yeah, that's the thing, you know, witches used to turn them into something. Fucking scary hair, size yeah, of them. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, the big old lads are Yeah, they're massive, yeah. So, listen, rats or mice leaving your house is unlucky, and I don't bloody think so. Yeah. I'm not I don't, I'm not proponent well, of that. the bag's packed and that. Yeah. Like, uh, see you. <laughs> your <laughs> house is shit old, mate, we're off. Oh, what? Apparently handling a toad? I do, I do that quite a bit, handling it. Not in a weird way, isn't it? <laughs> Again, it's a long story, but yeah. doing good, Aki, doing good with that. But uh, amongst the bird kingdom, the lucky ones are robins, wrens, swallows and house martins. Cool. Rooks nesting near your house. And if you had money in your pocket when you hear your first cuckoo. Oh. But you don't hear cuckoos very much anymore, do you? I don't think I've yeah. heard one in England ever. So unlucky ones are birds pecking at your window, right. birds in the house, Cock crowing at the wrong time. Well, he's the right time at the wrong time. I don't know. Seeing a single magpie. Yeah. One for sorrow, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Oh. major. Harming a robin or a seagull. I mean, yeah, that is unlucky. Bloody hell, fire. Seagulls are unlucky now. Yeah. Apparently taking a peacock's feather indoors. I'll kick the peacock up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Long story again, but I had to look after this house for a bit, like an old vicarage. 
and he had loads of animals outside and he's fucking he had these ornamental bloody uh, peacocks and the male one he was a right arsehole every time he opened the <laughs> door he used to shit everywhere they used to shit really all over his balcony really aggressive and he used to shit all over his balcony he hated it and forever cleaning up peacock shit and every time he opened the front door he used to sneak in you know what I mean and into the house into the house and you know, I turned around one day and he'd done it for umpteen time. I thought, this is getting an issue now, you know what I mean? Blokes told me to fucking calm the fucking peacocks down when it, it couldn't <laughs> give its fans that big lick, you know, giving me all dancing all in, way. In your kitchen always. In always. I'm like, you cheeky <laughs> bastard. So I went after it and it fucking soon scuttled up, turned around, started sauntering off. Went right quietly behind it and kicked it right up its trumper, and it, it, ne- it worked. It never came back in house. I didn't, you know what I mean. It wasn't You're steel. the only person to ever kick a, peacock, kick a peacock up the arse. It was a job. I had to do it. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, well sometimes I don't want the animal cruelty people coming after us, but I think you did the right thing. <laughs> exactly. All I, I did think, was I think, I think you did the right thing because he says here taking peacocks feathers indoors. He's yeah. unlucky, mate. Oh, but I didn't take it. I just booted it out. <laughs> 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 no feathers were harmed in it. a lot at um, unlucky blokes yeah, and lucky blokes and all this sort of stuff and he's always all luckiest man in this and luckiest why don't we take a look at the unluckiest woman in America wow cool yeah <laughs> I like it now this is by Rory Carroll uh, for the Guardian 2012 so the other stuff a lot of the other stories we've been talking about have actually been uh, a lot of Wikipedia entries yeah. and other little bits and bats I've picked up here and there from other sources as well you know but this is this is this is straight away from the Guardian this is from 2012 right, just a little yeah. bit a little bit of time ago you know mm. what I mean but um, if you've got any stories for us out there for anything you might be interested in our ideas and stuff um, you can always go contact us at uh, on the email at crackandcovepodcast at gmail.com uh, and we're on Twitter as well at Crack and Cove and you can find lots of little uh, pictures and stuff on Instagram of Crack and Cove pod um, but there's not many pictures for this one has there yeah, so what I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll see what we see what can do. I've been doing well with other ones though. you've yeah. been covering it well well I, I want to do the uh, the small file when I see if I can find a copy of that book and some yeah, pictures and symbols because yeah. they're meant to have some good symbols in them and um, what we'll do is just find a few little bits and bats of, mm. of all these. We can sort of dig stuff out. Yeah. A few lucky shots, maybe. So let's get back to this. The unluckiest woman in America, right? After losing four houses to four hurricanes, <laughs> Melanie Martinez was arguably America's unluckiest woman. There was Hurricane Betsy in 1965, Juan in 1985, George in 1998, and old big old Katrina in 2005. Ferocious storms that swept in from the Gulf of Mexico and wrecked each of Martinez's homes. Such was the peril of living on a floodplain in Louisiana. But a few months ago, the school bus driver's look changed. Hideous Houses, a reality TV show on the A&E channel, selected her not quite hideous but admittedly ramshackle house in Braithwaite, a rural town just south of New Orleans, for a makeover. Oh, a house flip. Yeah. So the the host, Eric Stromer, one of the sexiest people alive, according to People magazine, and his team spent a week and $20,000 transforming the Martinez home with a new kitchen, new cupboards, new appliances, including a 50-inch smart TV, even creating a new room for Melanie's passion, which is sewing. And it aired a few weeks ago. They did a really good job. I loved it, says Martinez. If you were paying attention to the news last week, you know where this story's going. (laughs) On Wednesday the 29th of August... The seventh anniversary of Katrina, a Category 1 hurricane oh. named Isaac howled in from the Gulf and hit Mississippi and Louisiana. Oh, man. A $14.5 billion federally funded bolstering of flood and control systems around New Orleans spared the city. 
However, (laughs) (laughs) Braithwaite's home was sheltered only by an eight-foot levee built by Louisiana's state government. Thus, Martinez became America's luckiest woman. There was a mandatory evacuation ordered, and we were leaving just like our neighbours, she says. We never stay for storms. I can see why. (laughs) I would never jeopardise my mama. She's 74 and needs dialysis. But my truck broke down. Around 2am, flood waters overtopped the levee, sending a 12-foot surge through Braithwaite. The family sought refuge in the attic of their house. We thought we were going to die in that house. The water was coming up so fast. My husband used a hammer to put a hole in the roof, but it broke. We used our hands and feet to punch the hole. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> that's real, isn't it? Shit. A boat rescued them, along with their five kittens and three dogs. Everything else was lost. All the appliances and everything. <laughs> now I've lost five houses to five storms. Every time a wipeout. Martinez seems grateful to be alive. Even perky. But knows tears will come once the water subsides and she returns to her sodden wreck of a home. Did they leave her mama then? They got the cats and everything else. What about the fucking mama? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> they left her on dialysis machine in love. <laughs> Which little waters go down. <laughs> it's okay, she's floating. <laughs> she says, Why live in Louisiana? She ponders the question. I was born here. It's home, home, home. But we want to move somewhere that's hilly, you know. <laughs> to, a, to a house on a hill. <laughs> Big ass hill. And who can blame her? Oh, man, no. I think it'll happen one time, mate. I'll be straight up in hill. I'll be like... But it's like, even if it moved, happened twice, you know, once bit and twice shy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You'd think, all right, I've done it and stuff, you know. And you think, oh, but fine. Fucking times. <laughs> I mean, moving houses an arsehole yeah, enough, isn't it? Yeah, Oh, my God, mate, no. Well, you total wipeout as well. You've just got nothing left. Naff all left. No clothes, nothing. Jesus, start again. I wonder if there's a fully insured around there for it. They can't. I can't imagine so. I can't, especially not fully insured. I think they'll probably get something like a government aid grant or yeah, something like yeah. that. But, I mean, Christ on a bike. Don't live there. Maybe. You can call it home, but if home... He's kept trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah. It's no longer home, 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 is it? <laughs> it's not home, sweet home anymore. It's not, it's yeah, not, yeah. no. It's just windy and wet and really nasty. Yeah, you know? wise up in it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you don't believe, well, we don't live on floodplains. Well, we do, we're building on them here now. Yeah. And, but our, our waters and our stuff, our weather's pretty tame. But Louisiana, can you imagine a hurricane coming? Jesus Christ. It's a twister, mom! That's the thing, you realise that, as I said before, some people are lucky, or when you call them lucky, they've gone through a hell of a lot of really rubbish stuff, they just happen to survive. I don't know. Really. So lucky or unlucky, maybe they've just stopped two sides of the same coin. Well, I'm like 13, supposed to be well unlucky, and it's span lucky for me all my life in a way. What, look, 13's 13, lucky for you? You remember my old gaff that I used to have uh, before I moved to Thailand? That was number 13. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. No one wanted to buy it. It was on market for ages. Fucking dossal, you know what I mean? Terraced house. But I managed to do it up. Oh, my old man. Oh, our old man. And that was lucky, <laughs> wasn't it? was lucky. Made him plenty of pots of tea, though, old G-Force. Uh, <laughs> but we flipped that, didn't we? Like, 40 grand a bought it for, and I sold it for 120 grand. <laughs> and that's how I got to Thailand. And I pissed up that money up every fucking wall in Thailand. <laughs> and I didn't get no bad luck. About having to come back with tailing between my legs. But... You come without a beam to your name. <laughs> <laughs> Not a wife, I suppose. But... 
Or which is actually been the luckiest thing that ever um, happened. It's true, isn't it? So it's span always lucky for me. Yeah. So bugger all that bad luck, I say. You make your own luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing you see. It's, I mean, he's, look, looks a funny thing, but I mean, when we're talking about luck, look at this bloody mess we've got oh, to clean shit. up. Well, yeah. I'll get me I'll get that I'll sorted. Get all right. Careful, don't want to put your hand on it. What's this behind this old mirror here? Oh, let's have a look. There's a bit of backing on it. Oh, shit. What is that? I think is it a treasure map? Oh, no, let's have a look. Oh, no. They're just some old jazz mags. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, bits. Yeah. I haven't read that for years. I haven't either. Oh, because there's two magazines here. <laughs> Let's have a quick read. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I just need toilet a bit harky. I'll, I'll see you ten. You dirty lads. You dirty boy. Oh, well, you can go sort yourself out and I'll finish up cleaning here. <laughs> so I think it's time for us to say goodbye to all you folks. This is a big goodbye from Matt. No, it's a big goodbye from Benny. Take care, guys. See ya. <laughs> Bye. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com On Twitter at Kraken Cove Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod Ha ha!